Hello everybody, this is Tina Catola with Sarah Coates and we are continuing the Heartbreaker series talking about the number two sign or the number three Heartbreaker because we number two was our moon in Libra people. So number three Heartbreaker is Sun in Aquarius. Now actually Sun in Aquarius people they can also unconsciously without any awareness of doing it themselves really break their own hearts. And it's the same essential cause for Aquarians to have trouble finding anybody or for Aquarians to, you know, again, not really intentionally break other people's hearts. And that cause comes down to what happens to them in second stage when they're in early second stage, they're out there trying to change the world and they recognize that this is a very dangerous thing to do. They either have themselves and family members suffer because of that danger, or they have enough foresight to realize they don't want to subject anybody else to the dangers that they're going through themselves, and they decide not to become involved in relationships. Because there's so much intense emotion involved in this decision the person makes to avoid relationships, whether they were in one and something terrible happened, or they didn't want to get into one and have the powers that be destroy their family, destroy their partner, as well as themselves, it doesn't really matter. It takes a lot of effort to really will yourself to stay away from other people, to not get involved in intimate relationships, to not have a partner. And because there's been so much intensity and focus on doing that in at least one lifetime in the early second stage, sometimes more than one lifetime, Anything that we put a lot of intense, repeated effort into imprints the subconscious. So all Aquarians in second stage and second, third stage are carrying this subconscious imprint that says, you must be alone. You are a bad person and someone will get hurt if you get into a relationship. You are a strong and good person if you stay by yourself and you stay alone. They're, because it's hard to stay alone, they fight with their, they fought with their own emotional needs and they suppress their own emotional needs. And again, also subconsciously, emotional needs are viewed as a weakness. So there will be really sort of two types that are carrying, well, really three types that are carrying this subconscious, you, I must be alone programming. One, is consciously aware of really wanting a relationship, but they can't seem to manifest one. They can't seem to find somebody, they're always alone. They have people rejecting them. That is something that hopefully we'll get into in greater depth at some point. This is really more about when other people are breaking your heart. So if you are an Aquarius and then another Aquarius is breaking your heart, this, this video would be interesting to you to, to help understand them because they're probably gonna be the other kind of Aquarian than you are. The second type is the type that may consciously want a relationship or not. You know, they may go through phases. Some of them consciously want a relationship, but the moment that it starts to get really serious, somehow they back away. There's something that they don't understand. They may lose interest consciously, all the chemistry disappears, or they just have this feeling like, no, somehow this is not right. I can't do this. And, and yet they'll keep coming back and thinking about that person and maybe coming back and trying again. And at the same time, they, they dislike a second stage or a second third stage Aquarian who is, has not resolved this issue, 
has a real conflict about their own emotional needs and a terror of being needy. So they will consciously or unconsciously push a partner away. And when the partner's natural needs come out and that, that partner starts getting upset, they will then project their own inner shadow person of that horrible needy person onto that partner and, and find them very unattractive. So, and, and a person involved with Aquarius who's got a certain amount of intuition tends to, to pick up on that and sense that. So they will also go back and forth and, you know, it'll, they sort of try to get this person to come back because usually initially there was a strong attraction. They'll try to get this person to come back and be with them, but they'll also try to step back and give them a lot of space. And I mean, it really becomes this, this really tense, painful, unproductive kind of dance but the other thing that's really amazingly fascinating and also very painful and frustrating for a person involved in it is the tendency Aquarians have more than anybody else to be really, really telepathic. And they aren't necessarily aware that they are doing that because when it, first of all, when it comes to telepathy, we actually really are all telepathic. We are just all agreeing not to pay attention to it, not to acknowledge it. So, I mean, all, people always have experiences of, you're just thinking of calling somebody and the phone rings. And this is, this is this telepathic connection. You're aware they're going to call you. You both start thinking about each other. So you reach out to each other. This is normal human nature. But there are the two components, just like when we verbally communicate with other people. You're either speaking while the other person is listening or you're listening while, you're, while the other person is speaking. So everybody's telepathic tendencies are a little bit different. And some people are more receptive. So they tend to feel what's going on, maybe be more empathic feel what other people are thinking, feel when someone has an, an emotion towards them or, or an intention towards them and they can become aware of it on some level. And other people who are actually a little bit more in the minority tend to be natural senders. So that when they're thinking about somebody, when they want to talk to somebody, they, they project out those thoughts and feelings very powerfully. And Aquarians who are in this like little prison of isolation, tend to very, very commonly be the telepathic senders. And a lot of them don't realize that they're doing it. So what happens is they're really attracted to somebody, a relationship starts, and then their subconscious programming of I must be alone, you can't be needy. They feel weak and uncertain about themselves when these emotional needs start showing up. That kicks in and they find some reason to, to disappear or to step away, at least for a period of time, because some will come and go. But they fight those emotional needs while they're at a distance. And they think a lot about the other person, they wanna contact the other person, but they see it as a weakness. So while they're, while they're doing all this intellectual, mental masturbation about the other person, not necessarily sexually, but definitely, <laughs> <laughs> but definitely emotionally, <laughs> they don't realize that they're sending all this intensity to the other person. And when they are suppressing their own emotional needs and their emotional neediness, they send that to the other person too. So this is the really painful part about this type of Aquarius when you're going through this and you think people, I've had so many people tell me this, I experienced it. You think you're going nuts because you can feel this person thinking about you all the time. You feel their presence. You're sure that they're, that they're almost talking to you. I mean, I've had images and I've seen other people have images of that person's face pops up and, and an expression and this whole message. And, 
And, you know, meanwhile, their friends are saying, well, this person dumped you, this, or this person is just not talking to you, so nothing's going on there, you gotta let them go. The problem is it's very hard to do, not just because it's, it's challenging to let go of somebody when we have feelings for them, but it's doubly challenging when you're being telepathically invaded by this other person's desire for you and love for you, and it's a tremendous amount of love that they'll send your way and all kinds of emotions, and you're feeling them missing you at the same time as you're feeling you missing them, and it's incredibly powerful and overwhelming. And everybody kind of knows exactly what's going on, but they think, am I making this up? Am I just wishing for this? <laughs> but no, it's, I can tell you, if you're experiencing this, this actually is happening, it's very real. What to do about it? There, there, there's certain triage methods, and one is, first of all, to acknowledge, okay, there's a, what I call a telepathic resonance going on. Now, this can happen with people with any sign, but it's so massively common with Aquarians. And to, to grab a hold of that energy, that feeling, that, especially that sense of intense longing, and, and almost with your imaginary non-physical hands or arms, grab it, hold on to it so you're concentrating on it and you know, just know that you're holding on to it. And then say to yourself, this is not mine. I lovingly and unconditionally send this back to you. And again, and you can do it, you can make physical movements if you want to, but in your own inner imagination, feel your non-physical body almost just sending this back. And you'll know the moment that it's off, now, once, once that thing isn't on you anymore, poop, you finally feel normal again. It will come back. So it's, it's a repeated pattern of having to send it back. And maybe a few hours or a day or so later, you're going to have to come and send it back again. But what that, that does two things. First of all, it gives you relief when you've sent back that telepathic force that's been unintentionally sent in your direction. But it also means that you're, you're taking all that suppressed emotional energy that this person has sent your way and you're giving it back to them so that they can deal with it because the aquarian is not dealing with their own emotions and they think their emotions are a weakness and a bad thing and they send them to you <laughs> well, it's not your job to deal with their emotions it's their job to deal with their emotions so when you send it back to them then they're going to feel it again so they're a lot more likely to contact you if you're getting telepathic contact from a, an absent partner it's you know, sometimes it's inspiring and it's blissful and joyful because a lot of times people send amazing stuff your way, but it's not really very healthy because it means that nothing's happening in the real world. And we are here in this physical world to have real experiences in this physical world. So the more you send it back to them, the more likely they are to act on what they're actually feeling. Now, of course, some just are never going to get around to doing that because they're too thick and stuck in second stage. So we always come back to how to handle these situations with any sign is that if you're going to be in a partnership or in a relationship with somebody, you want to know that they're as conscious a person as possible. Are they wanting to learn about themselves and grow and, and truly desiring to face their issues? Because if they don't do any self-analysis, if they're not doing anything to try and develop themselves, if they haven't been working to improve all areas of their lives with an open mind to find truth, you're, probably, you're most likely dealing with, if someone's just constantly absent, 
they're not doing anything to get at their patterns and break their patterns. And because this subconscious vow to be alone is subconscious, it's buried very deeply, they're going to have to do a lot of work to get at it and to dismantle it. So if they're not doing any work at all, you really need, especially if they're really distanced from you and you know, they come and go and they're more gone than they are present. You need to find a way to, to really work within yourself to sever those ties. So what do you mean by doing the work? Because, um, you know, I dated an Aquarius. He was one of my pinnacle relationships that I've had and, you know, things started off really, really great. And then, you know, I'm thinking that, you know, he knew I was a spiritual person and we talked a lot about that and I knew he'd been to counseling before and, um, he seemed, um, initially very, engaged, thoughtful, conscious. And then it seemed to really, as the relationship progressed, he started the distancing piece and it just started to go um, downhill from there. So I imagine initially, you know, they're presenting themselves as maybe a little bit more further along than they are. Like what can, what well, well, you see, this is why I mentioned that there are Aquarians in second stage and second, third stage who have this pattern. Mm-hmm. When they are in second, third stage, it's a little trickier because they are growing and they are looking at themselves. It's just a question of whether they're ready to tackle the big one yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so once, once, once a person does start to distance, I mean, if you're happening to watch this and you have the same experience as Sarah had where this person's been so wonderful and they're really into growing and then they start distancing, it's really important to, to in, an, in an unintrusive way, to reach out to them and say to them, this is what it seems to me is going on, is does this make sense to you? How do you understand the situation? And you know, what's happening for you, if anything, to see if they're, if there's anything that they, if they can be willing to dialogue about what they're going through. So I used both tactics. I initially, I wasn't even sure what to do. And you kind of go into this relationship pattern where you want to be the cool girl, which is just come to you, right? Yes. Kind of of a game in itself. But, and then the, on the other part, I started to communicate, which tended to, um, it seemed to almost intimidate him in that, in that pattern as well. So I think yeah. that you, you, you know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally get it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it's the problem is like I mentioned before that as soon as they get frightened of their own emotional neediness, they have, you do have to be really careful in terms of how you, how you approach them because anything that, you know, even if you yourself are feeling a lot of emotion when you contact them, they're going to, they're going to feel that, which makes it such a tricky problem, but it's just a reality. They're going to feel that and they're going to misinterpret it as neediness because they project their own neediness onto you. What's also kind of interesting is that this type of Aquarius, once they start to distance, if they do come back towards you, they often will temporarily expose that underbelly that looks like Golem in the Lord of the Rings. That's so incredibly needy. And it's all, it, it, it does repel them in themselves and it can repel a partner because this, some people have had this experience where the Aquarian distanced and they, and they miss them so much and they want to get back together and they finally manage to just approach them gently enough, keep, keep stepped back enough 
and the person's done a certain amount of work on themselves and they come towards them and then they curl up in the fetal position and ball their eyes out, you know, with everything running out of their nose and, you know, whatever, whatever image you want to think of. But they show this tremendous, tremendous neediness because if you think about it, it's been centuries since they've let anybody get close to them. Yeah, it's interesting you say that um, <clears throat> with one of my exes, he, um, all he could repeat was that he thought I was too good for him and that, um, you know, he, he was a bad person. He kept kind of thinking he was a bad person. Um, yeah. It did turn out that he was cheating on me, mm -hmm. um, which I don't know if um, you found with different signs that there are certain signs that cheat more than others. I would imagine yeah. that was a way of kind of um, <clears throat> maybe escaping a bit as well. It is, yeah. Sometimes that is a way, because whenever there is a fear of intimacy, and this is the Aquarian's distancing is a certain type of fear of intimacy or fear of commitment, it's a bit of a combination of both, we always have an ambivalence about that part of our lives, and an ambivalence means you have two opposite feelings about something. So to be ambivalent about being in a relationship means I don't want to be in a relationship and I do want to be in a relationship. So if I can step away from one relationship, I fulfill the don't want to be in a relationship part. If I get involved in another relationship at the same time, I fulfill the do want to be in a relationship part. So they're actually making these both sides of themselves sort of happy. It's less tense that way. And they're almost lying to themselves that they're going to find some fulfillment by doing all of that. But because Aquarius really does have a pretty strong sense of what loyalty is, and that's loyalty on all possible levels of existence, you know, whether it's your family, your spiritual people, anything you're committed to, your society, your tribe, your partner, they have deep feelings of loyalty and they have deep feelings of what their values are. He was also going against that. And so that's why he's telling you he's a bad person. Yeah, it's interesting, even when I, um when I had confronted him about cheating on me, um, which came to fruition in a very dramatic way, um, <laughs> his response was basically, you know, well, I never went out in public with her. Like it didn't mean anything. Like it was almost like went removed from it. It didn't, I don't know. It was an action for him that didn't have any meaning. Yes. Yes. Which was interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe to escape the feelings he was having. Um, yeah. yeah. And not to not to discount the fact that that's not even doesn't make it right, but right. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was hard to understand like him explaining that, trying yes. to explain that um, it didn't make sense at the time. Yeah, yeah, and you know, whenever we're unconscious of a subconscious pattern and we're not consciously looking at it and addressing it, we're often driven to act it out in some way. So the level of consciousness that he had in terms of you know being interested in growth and spiritual life and was with that was that was the the beginning levels or maybe you know maybe being two-fifths of the way through second third stage or something like that but the other piece was the deeper darker harder stuff that see the thing is this this for aquarius this subconscious mechanism, it's so deeply below the surface. There's two signs that have that. The other sign is Scorpio, and they have a totally different subconscious pattern that's deeply beneath the surface. That, you know, it, it often, for many of them, it, it hurts them more than it hurts anyone else. But for both of those signs, it's very hard to even know that it's there because it's so, it's underneath so many different layers. It's not something that's part of the conscious personality's sense of self whatsoever. 
So it's really hard. It's like, it's like you've got a sign strapped on your back. You never see it. How do you know it's there? <laughs> so people can keep telling you it's there, but, 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 but that doesn't make any sense. I've never seen it. So it takes them a while to try and even, they can't fathom why they're acting the way they're acting. That's, that's, yeah, one of the other things he used to say too is um, when he, uh, we would get into more intimate discussion, he would say, you know, I tend to cut off previous partners and just, just write them off um, mm -hmm. at a certain point and that he was trying not to do that with me. He ultimately ended up doing that with me, yes. um, but it was almost like this internal struggle of, I don't want to do that to you. I don't, I don't want to, it was almost like the, the cutting of the relationship right right yeah because I mean everything every relationship is this fresh new promise and there's this love and the heart is really engaged in that moment and you're hoping that this beautiful world you're experiencing with this person is is going to be able to continue because he that type of course does not see until they really get at it, it takes a long time sometimes what the cause of this whole problem is yeah, it's interesting. Um, within about two months of when we broke up, he ended up dating someone else and now they're married two years later. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's, I would imagine the pattern continues. It's just a, yeah, that, that brings me to the next, th he may have morphed into that the third type of Aquarius that I'm going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good segue. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so we can possibly come back to this type if there's anything to say about it. But the, it, certainly because, because Aquarius does have a strong desire for a relationship, as they're, especially as they're in second, third stage, they will often marry. But what happens is this piece that doesn't quite commit just goes underground. And it creates weird divisions in a marriage. There's always this part of them that isn't really there, isn't really engaged, is could be frustrated with their current situation and there there's this urge to cheat that's a certain type of response in that in that type of second third stage Aquarius that has committed there see because marriage marriage in in first stage Aquarius marriage happens people in first stage Aquarius are in these incredibly harmonious positive cultures they're very in alignment with the values of their society and so it's natural for them to marry and to have a family and they often have, you know, they often develop soul bonds and have soulmates during that first stage. And it's a wonderful, harmonious experience. So to get married in, in, on their subconscious, in their subconscious memory pattern means to be part of a whole society or a whole culture that feels like home, that feels like this wonderful harmony. So they're very drawn to that. And when they get into the marriage, it's like, okay, this is my loyalty to the tribe expressed in my commitment to my partner. This is, this is my, my, um, my anchor to a balanced level of reality. If they are in second stage or in second, third stage, they still often have conflicts with the society that they are now part of. So at a subconscious level, that partner expresses to them th their bond to that society, which they have a lot of ambivalence about. So again they're in but that the person always feels the marriage partner often feels kind of still hurting I, i'm i'm you're not you're with me i know you're with me but you're also not really there there so can you, also hmm? 
Do you find that they have multiple marriages too? Because I know this is his second. Like, do you find that that they oftentimes, because I know he cheated on his first wife and yeah, um, like, yeah. do you find that there's in these kind of, this kind of stage? Yeah, too, they there, can be, there can be. Some of them will stay a very long time married to one person and cheat on that person. Some, some will stay married to, for a long time to the one person, never cheat on that person. Not, the Koreans are not by nature necessarily people who will commit to a monogamous relationship and then sneak out the back door. Yeah, I don't want to um, generalize. I think no. um, I, I think it's just more of like a coping mechanism, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure it is. For sure it is. Um, but it is definitely one, one, one pattern that can occur. The other pattern that can occur is, is, a, is a real um, philosophical conflict that can get very intense because another thing about Aquarians is they're extremely intellectually stubborn. So when they have an idea and when they're going in a certain direction, they don't question it. They will not compromise. And so, as I said before, in second stage and second, third stage, until they've healed the patterns of second stage, their partner is going to be an expression of society. And so they will either pick somebody who's really, really conservative and they are not, and they'll battle with this person all the time because the person represents those social norms that the Aquarian sees as being corrupt and negative. And the Aquarian is also often trying to teach their partner something and their partner never listens. And so tremendous conflicts occur and real resentments. You can't seem to get on the same page mentally and philosophically. And you know, that in its own way is also very heartbreaking. If this person does is there, but it feels like they're not really there they still have a lot of challenges about their emotional vulnerability. They show it sometimes, other times they don't. And there's a lot of fights about values and, and about goals and ideals. And the Aquarian will often take those, their ideas so seriously, there's no room for compromise. And so you, you feel sort of attacked all the time out of the blue because this defensiveness towards society is coming out and getting projected onto the, the partner. So that's the other, the other way Aquariuses can break hearts without ever, without ever stepping out the door. <laughs> so is it more just picking fights, like kind of out of nowhere, it seems like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Picking fights out of nowhere and or really being tremendously philosophically incompatible, having very different values. And the Aquarius feels resentful. I'm trapped in this situation and, and you're, what you stand for, I, I hold contempt for. You know, and others, others will, you know, sometimes a second, third stage Aquarian will end up with a partner who is ahead of them in terms of the stages. And so who is more someone who can help them make that transition towards third stage, because it's more of an alternative person who has, you know, an understanding of certain spiritual values, has an understanding of social values and social change. But the Aquarian is so stubbornly caught up in their negative reactions to society. Well, no, don't give me a solution because I'm very invested in being the rebel and who, who, who will never really succeed. I'm invested in being the, the beleaguered but noble underdog. <laughs> because it's interesting because there's two types of late second stage Aquarius as far as their relationship to society goes. One type will step outside of society 
and sees that it's wrong, sees that it's evil, doesn't want to be long. So I, I know in, in, the, in the video about Aquarius in general, I mentioned that Aquarians out of all the sun signs are the most likely sign to be homeless. You know, if you, if you, if you, if you survey a, a population of homeless people, you're gonna find more Aquarians up there, Scorpios up there quite a bit too because of various reasons why people end up homeless. But for, for the second stage Aquarius, it's because they don't belong in society. They see the things that are wrong. They feel society has more power than them. So they're powerless to make any changes, but they, they can't conform to the things that they feel are wrong. So they become this kind of a, um, a rebellious underdog that they can, they can be, they can be you know, there's a certain amount of the criminal population too, because society's wrong. So we'll, you know, we'll justify to, sur to survive by breaking its rules because there's no other choice. That's another second stage Aquarius, non sort of the rebellious second stage Aquarius. And so that kind of person could find a partner who says, oh, I'm going to help you find a way to, to make things real for yourself so you can change the world and change society and, and move move things forward because that's their real purpose and they'll resent and struggle and oh it takes forever because they're so stubborn they won't listen to their partner and that that that's it over time that can feel a bit soul destroying but the other type of second stage aquarius who is who feels all right society is corrupt and society is negative but society has all the power so in order to survive i have to conform to the rules i hate them I hate the I hate having to get dressed up in my in my you know in my monkey suit and do the, this nine to five horrible crawl you know long commute you know <laughs> all the really traditional ways people live but it's the only thing you can do you have to do that when you're living in this society as much as I hate it it's no other choice and because in first stage Aquarius they were such proponents of the values of the society they were part of they are. They are part of their culture and it's deeply rooted in their value system. The same sense of loyalty and the same sense of upholding the structure of our life and of our values kicks in. And they're, so they're, as much as they hate society, they also really uphold its values. So they become incredibly conservative. And so that type of second stage or second, third stage Aquarian will, will they don't, they don't they may, they may, they may also end up with a partner who is very conservative, and who would, who is conservative, in a, in a maybe a bit of a healthier way, who's not choosing to lead this quote unquote really ordinary or normal life out of fear and resentment. They're just seeing that well. This is what this is what we have to do right now. These are these are certain values that may not be perfect, but within the context of the lifestyle we create, we can still do constructive things, we can still do positive things. Their purpose is different. So the second or second, third stage Aquarius who is resenting where they are, is resenting their partner, they can get into blaming their partner. It's your fault that we're trapped here, which is not fair because they're also choosing to embrace these values. Or they can get attracted to a partner who is, who is different from them and who has alternative ideas and who again is trying to help them to see the future and to, to live their real purpose. But because they're so stuck in this bond, this negative bond to society, they won't take alternatives. They won't, they won't, they won't step through open doors that their partner might make, make possible for them. 
And so once again, you know, they, they're kind of making their partner miserable. Mm. Now, again, when it, once an Aquarian begins to really grow, and for all of us, if we're taking responsibility for our own experiences, our own emotions and our own emotional reactions and not blaming other people, and, and becoming curious about why am I the way that I am? Why is my life the way that it is? I know on some level, even if I don't know what it is, I'm the cause of this. I'm the creator of this. What's the source? How can I dig down and get at it and transform it? Then you've got a fully activated second, third stage or third stage attitude. And they're not going to be doing these kinds of things. They're going to be learning their way out of them. And so this is what, this is what we want to choose in a new partner. And this is what we want to allow for our existing partner to, to discover. And so that means, you know, you, you can't fight with them about what they're, what they're not doing right because being stubborn, <laughs> and this is partly human nature anyway, but Aquarians, it's more intense. They'll just dig their heels in further. So it's more about just letting them do what they need to do while you go off and do what you need to do. And over time, they can, can learn from you or absorb that from you, or you will find that you no longer have any need for the experiences that you've been having with this person, so you'll leave the relationship. Yeah, I was going to say there's a tendency for that caretaker kind of um, dynamic that happens, and that yeah. happened to me. And I think the biggest lesson for me in this, and it wasn't just with Aquarius, it was for my Taurus too, but yes. um, it, it was that there's more than one person that can possibly show up for us. So if, yes. if there isn't a person who's going to be able to do it this lifetime with you, there will be someone else that will come in. And there was this feeling with my Aquarius that I had to stick it out, like no matter how bad it was. And it almost was kind of not an abusive situation quite yet, but it definitely was an unhealthy situation for me. Yes. And it was, you know, you know, 90, 90, 10, you know, kind of of what yeah. was being at the end. And um, it was almost this feeling of, of having to save him from this kind of, he was, yeah. he was definitely regressing mm -hmm. um, and not, you know, giving back in the relationship, how he had in the, in the beginning. And, um, you know, it kind of got me into this kind of like wormhole of, um, yes. you know, and it took, it took me literally finding out that he was cheating on me to get me out of it. Yes. And even then there was this pull. And, you know, because I, there was this feeling of the potential in the relationship, it, he was clearly an option for me this lifetime. In the beginning, I could feel that from him. Yes. Um, you know, I, I, I did learn from this that, you know, there are more than one option. And if he, he couldn't do it this lifetime with his soul, yes. uh, it wasn't meant for me. And that's right. something I want to leave with our listeners too. Exactly. Is the fact that, um, you know, your, your job isn't to save them or get them where no. they need to be. It's your own, it's, it's their responsibility. Like it's their lesson. You can be there, you can be supportive and, you know, you know, when you're, when you're done and, and when you're, you're okay to stay. Um, but definitely follow your intuition. Yes, yes, absolutely true. Absolutely true. And that's true always in all relationships. Your intuition will tell you. <laughs> it really, really will. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to think of something that I was thinking of when you were saying that. Yeah, oh, I know what I was gonna say. There is the other thing that happens when, you know, we can intellectually know that we're in this horrendously painful, no-win situation, and then something else happens that shows you that it's only getting worse. 
and that there, there really is no hope here. But, but between the fact that when something is, when we do have something that is, is, is a, a kind of soul connection to somebody else, it, 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 especially if it's the first time we've ever experienced that. I mean, the first time I ever experienced any kind of soulmate type of relationship, I didn't even believe in soulmates before I met that person. So this was a huge, <laughs> this was a huge overwhelming disconnect just in, in and of itself. So then when I recognized, yes, there is this soulmate kind of relationship going on here, and we had all kinds of tremendous mystical and spiritual phenomena that was just you wouldn't believe it if you hadn't experienced it yourself. It's that kind of thing. You, you think that this is the only one, but it really is not the only one. It never is the only one. And, and that's what you said too. And so when we're dealing with this intensity and we're seeing that it's worse and worse and our, our logical conscious mind knows this is, you know, this boat really is sinking. There are seven holes in the bottom of the boat. Water is pouring in. <laughs> You're only going to drown here. We have to recognize too that we, when we fall in love, there are brain chemicals that get released, and these brain chemicals run nonstop for a period of time. They usually go about two years. That's from when they start. It varies. We can, people can keep them going for 20 years. But if you decide to say, I'm getting out of here, you're going to have to fight those brain chemicals. So you're going to have to keep on using your will to pull yourself away from the situation. And it's, it's karma too, right? You know, I know with mine, there was probably some karmic piece, like it was a pull, like it was literally like I could not, um, you know, I, there was numerous times where I was like, I need to leave this. It's not, you know, it's not right for me, but you have this crazy love feeling and connection and, and you know, this person, right? So yeah. Yes. And, and when you see in this situation where you have that second, second, third, you know, they're in pain and, yes. and that human nature is not to leave someone in pain and, right. and you want to abandon them there for them. Right. Yes. So there is this feeling of, and I think Tyna, we talked quite a bit about this at the time too, this feeling of I'm going to abandon them. Yeah. I'm abandoning them if I choose myself. And so that is kind of the back and forth. Um, that yes. people often have in relationships too, but especially with, your, you know, your Aquarius kind of popping in and out, you know, mm -hmm. they're essentially kind of abandoning you when they're not, you know, not really meaning to, but you right. have a feeling of understanding for them too, yeah. um, what they're going through. <clears throat> mm -hmm. It's, it's yes. really challenging. It's hugely challenging. Yeah. But it, we get back to the fact that we're all responsible for ourselves. We're all responsible for our own needs and our own emotional growth and we can't rescue anybody else. We can help them rescue themselves, you know, if they're really wanting to, to grow and change and heal, then we can be there and help. But you can't if they're not, if they're not even trying to fix the situation, it's not possible. Yeah, and I think if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, you yeah. know, um, letting go sometimes has great clarity. Um, yes. You know, if that relationship isn't seeking you, you back out and, yeah. you know, sometimes you have to pull away to kind of see that there might be something that's better suited for you out there. Mm -hmm. um, yes. and, you know, I know a lot of people are like, Oh, I can't imagine, you know, having the same love. There's almost this toxicity about it. Right. And mm -hmm. not even now me being single um, two, two and a half years later, there is this feeling of, I want that feeling again. Yes. Um, yeah. it doesn't come around as often no. you know you know what that feels like so mm -hmm. um you know there is that 
you know, chasing that feeling and, and wanting to stay yes. in that feeling at the same yes. time, it's uncomfortable or, or not right for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if any, there's really anything else to say about it all. Oh I, yeah. There was just this sense of it, it is, it is codependency to feel like we should give up a part of ourselves in order to help or heal somebody else. Yeah. And, and we, we really do have forever. So if this isn't going to work with this person right now, <laughs> the two of you will have another shot at it when both of you are more conscious. Yeah. And, and so when they, when they're moving into third stage, they're able to have the happy, healthy relationship that. Yes, yeah. yes they definitely are. Yeah. And you know, everybody in second, third stage of every sign, there are these different, different, um, there's a, there's a list and everybody does that list in a different order. So there's a point in second, third stage Aquarius where they have their positive partner, but that could be at the very end, right? As they enter into third stage, or it could be, you know, it could be early on, everybody's different. So that is why you can get a pretty conscious person who is an Aquarian who will then run away from you if they're in second, third stage. And they'll carry that relationship into third stage if it's a positive one, it will move them. Yes. Up. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. I don't want everyone to feel like they're going to be that person though either, because I thought I would yeah. be maybe that person <laughs> too, right? So I, I guess you have, again, it goes back to intuition and um, <clears throat> like I would imagine that person moving over to third stage that would generally be like a feeling of elation, like there's a change that happens, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and when they, when they start to see what they've really been doing, you know, they will share that with you. you know, you'll know that it's been a big change, but. I imagine it doesn't happen overnight though either. No, no, it doesn't. Because the other thing to realize is that usually the transition from second stage to third stage lasts from one to four decades. So you don't want to be the person waiting around for 35 years <laughs> for the other person to get into that part of second, third stage. And if they're in second stage, and the way to tell they're in second stage is they haven't been, questioning themselves or learning deeply and growing you know they haven't got they haven't got a they haven't had that eureka of wow there are so many unknowns in life that are f fascinating and phenomenal to explore they haven't gone into really owning and, ex and remembering and, and facing up to any pain deeply painful experiences they've had in their life so if you don't see those traits you're going to see second stage now we don't know when somebody's going to ever come out of second stage could be two or three lifetimes from now. And second, third, they're probably popping in and out, right? I mean, yeah, they can be. They can mine be. was a second, third, just because he did express um, some, you know, self-reflection, self-awareness, right? And then he would dip back into just the pattern, right? Yes. So that's kind yes. of how you distinguish if they're in second, yeah. third. Yeah, and and some people, everybody goes into second, third stage, and the initial step in they do go in and out they go between second stage and second third stage for a little while before they go fully into second third so i so guess second third they just be more a little bit more self-aware on a regular basis like yes yes but again it's going to be they can't fix everything overnight so they'll be self-aware about some things and not self-aware about others and if they're still having those relationship issues very intensely in a way that hurts other people not that they're meaning to hurt other people, but it's happening. 
it's going to take, it can take them a while to get to the point where they can address it. So is the best thing for an Aquarian to do to stay, like stay single, even though they have that desire to be in a relationship, but I imagine the relationship is what's teaching them, you know, how to, how to, it's not really best for them to stay single. It's best for them to, well, I mean, if they're watching this, (laughs) I, I, I'm going to, I should do, be doing a series on for each sign, how to really dig in and get through your second, third stage. The important thing is for them to even to even consider the idea that they may be being deeply affected by a previous lifetime's vows or set of vows that they have made. This promise to stay alone and then all the collateral damage of having had so much isolation for so many lifetimes. They've got to be able to really support their own neediness and not judge it. And they've got to be able to rewire this this whole subconscious constellation so they need to they need to be able to tell themselves that relationships will benefit the world relationship will benefit my partner because the subconscious is saying relationship if i get into a partnership my partner will suffer in some uncontrollable way my family will be doomed doom will happen and and so you know that's an awful thing to wake up to every morning (laughs) you know, because it it tends to be in the morning or late at night when we're closer to the subconscious that these things pop up. So if they're, if they, to become aware of it and start to say, all right, I've got to get in there and get at what's, what, what my deeper beliefs and feelings are that I'm not fully conscious of. And once they start doing that, then they can start to unravel it and rewire it. Some, for some people even having past life therapy where, where they can remember what happened and then release it is, is, is very useful. It's not absolutely necessary, but it can fast track a situation. So I guess just more talking about it and bringing it to awareness is super important. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because as soon as we're consciously working on what's going on in our subconscious, our subconscious will work with us and it will stop being an automatic reflex. Mm -hmm. It kind of stops that. Well, it doesn't totally stop the pattern, but it brings it more to awareness. So it's not a subconscious piece anymore. Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that sums up Aquarius.